get ready to say goodbye to 2022, it's time to look back at the big news stories of the year. Over here! Hey, 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 hey listen up! The new school for curious kids and adults. I'm your host, Lila Shivshankar Prickett, and as ever, I'm joined by the big story explainer and sound effects finder, otherwise known as my mama. Hello, I'm Lindy Prickett. In the last of our holiday best of series, we're gonna look back at the big news that shook the world this year. From the war in Ukraine to those unusual and important protests in both Iran and China. And how can we forget the end of an epic royal reign in the UK? All that and more as we look back at the year this week. So let's dive on in to the Newsy Paloozy before we change out the water for the new year. I know we've all been hearing a lot about Ukraine, Ukraine, a little bit about Russia too, but mostly Ukraine, right? Oh yeah, I know. Like you are a crane. <laughs> no, uh, you are a pain. Now come on, Lilo. Okay, let's get on with the basics. Do you know where the country of Ukraine is? Uh, somewhere next to Russia. No, I mean Europe. <laughs> Actually, both. And right there lies the problem. Huh? Yeah, like so many places, it's geography is everything. Okay. It's life, Leela. Okay, you want to talk cats? All right, let's talk cats. You look after some of the neighborhood strays, right? Yep. Some hang out on the left side of the house and some on the other side, right? Yep, they're two different families and they don't always get along either. Yeah, exactly. But I want to know, which do you love more? Mama, I could not possibly choose. I know, it's hard, right? You have ties with both sides. Yeah. Well, so does Ukraine. For decades, it was linked to the Russian Empire. And then it was part of the Soviet Union, which is... Um, that was a group of communist countries ruled by Russia. Most of the last century, right? Well, in practical terms, yes, though technically it stood for the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. But it was ruled by the Communist Party based in Moscow, Russia. So you're right. And communism is? When the government owns everything. <laughs> right. So when the USSR broke up in 1991, many of the countries started to find they had more in common with the free markets of Europe. Oh, like when the cats on the left had kittens and I started spending more time with them. Yep, they were prospering, and you wanted to be a part of that. And the cats on the right had started to become a, a little sullen and... A little grouchy, jealous, and aggressive, actually. Huh, maybe they were missing you and the amount of food and resources you used to give them. Totally. Well, that's kind of what's happening in Ukraine. They were part of the Russian Empire and the USSR, but kind of favor Europe now and want to join a club called NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which includes most of Western Europe, the US, and Canada. That doesn't sound like a very fun club to me. <laughs> it's not. It's a defensive club of armies, what's called a military alliance. Is Russia part of it? No, ma'am. In fact, NATO was formed in 1949 specifically to provide protection against the USSR. Dun, dun, dun. The plot thickens. No wonder Russia's so mad at Ukraine. 
Then again, Ukraine is a free country, right? They should be able to do what they want. Yep, but some people in Ukraine do have old ties with Russia, so... The country's pulled in both directions? A little bit. Mostly, Ukraine is scared Russia is going to invade, like they did eight years ago when they took over a region called Crimea. What? And now they want to take over all of Ukraine? Well, Russia says no. But right now, there are well over 100,000 soldiers, along with helicopters and tanks, lined up on its border with Ukraine. That's kind of bullyish behavior. Big time. That's why you keep hearing about it in the news. Everyone is wondering what's going to happen next. People are so worried that if Russia does invade, those NATO countries, like the U.S., might decide to join in the fight. What? That would be silly. Why would they want war? Well, they don't. But they also don't want a big country thinking it can overtake a smaller one. But it turned into World War III! Okay, hold your horses. <laughs> Most experts think this is just, as you say, bullying behavior from Russia, just for show. Ah, kind of like when the big tomcat prances around and hisses a bit. Bingo! And there you go. The big news of the week was about cats after all. <laughs> now to Eastern Europe and the big news about what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. It's a big deal, but it's hard to follow because it keeps changing every day. That's true. This is the kind of news story that changes by the hour. Some say that fighting has already started in some of the small border towns. Right. And before we get into the latest details, let's remind everyone that we did a deep dive explainer. Giving all the background information about the relationship between these two countries and why there's tension. Uh-huh. In our episode three weeks ago, episode 84, The Ukraine Crisis. We even gave some helpful analogies, you know, like a comparison with my neighborhood cats. Help you understand the situation better. Yeah, analogies rock. And now for the latest. Russia has deployed, or sent, its troops across its border into eastern Ukraine. The U.S. is calling it an invasion. But Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, says it's a peacekeeping mission and that the regions of Donetsk and Luhansk are not part of Ukraine, but independent, something the Ukrainian government denies. This is what U.S. President Joe Biden had to say. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors? This is a flagrant violation of international law and demands a firm response from the international community. What will that response be? Sanctions. You know what sanctions are, right? It's a ban, right? Kind of like when you say... You won't be able to spend any of your allowance if you don't do your homework. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But it's a bit broader, actually. More like you saying to all your friends not to trade toys or gadgets with a certain other friend because you're mad at them. Ah. So President Biden laid out what he said would be the first tranche or set of U.S. sanctions against anyone doing business with two major financial institutions in Russia, the Russian government, and rich Russian business people. He's hoping this will cut off Russia's government from Western finance, as in Western money. 
He also said additional troops and equipment were being sent to strengthen U.S. allies in that region, though he made it clear they would not be there to fight Russia. Well, I'm sad for the people in that region. It's ought to be scary for them right now. Totally. So if the news has been on in your house, you've no doubt heard a lot about NATO and the potential of new Nordic members joining the club and Russia being more mad than ever before and maybe even something about Turkey too, right? Yes, and my head is spinning. No kidding. (sighs) All right, let's start at the beginning. Do you remember what NATO is besides it standing for the North Atlantic Treaty Organization? Yes, it's a club. But not like a fun club. (laughs) It's a defense club. And I don't mean you get to hang around practicing Taekwondo either. It's a club of 30 countries forming a military alliance. Correct. And is Russia part of it? Oh, no. (laughs) Right. In fact, NATO was formed in 1949 with the purpose of providing protection against the USSR. As in the Soviet Union, a group of communist countries that used to be run by Russia. So why is NATO still around if the Soviet Union isn't? Good question. When it collapsed in 1991, the powers that be, by that I mean primarily the U.S., which holds the most power in NATO, decided to keep it going. Why? Well, power is power, I suppose. NATO wanted to support countries with the same worldview of its own countries, like being free market democracies. And then why not Russia? They're not communist anymore, and their people vote in elections. Mm-hmm. Well, there was something called the Russia-NATO Council 20 years ago. But when Russia invaded Ukraine eight years ago and took over part of Ukraine called Crimea, all relations were suspended. Oh, yeah. I forgot. The Russia-Ukraine war actually started in 2014. Man. I know. So Russia doesn't like NATO and sees it as Western countries, that is most of Europe, the U.S. and Canada, trying to reduce Russia's influence. Most of Europe, but not Ukraine, right? Correct. It was wanting to join, and that's one of the reasons Russia invaded again in February of this year. But the plot is thickening, right? With the Nordic countries of Sweden and Finland, Russia's neighbor, also wanting to join. And again, Russia is not happy. Scary. Totally. Both countries had always prided themselves on not being members of NATO, handling their own security themselves. But now they kind of want that protection. Protection? Oh, yeah. Remember that the idea of a military alliance like NATO is all the countries defend each other if someone outside the club attacks. Right. That's why NATO countries aren't fighting with Ukraine, because Ukraine is not part of the club. Bingo. But if Finland and Sweden joins... The plot does thicken. But there's a twist, like any good plot. Turkey, which is also a NATO member, says they're gonna block the entry of Sweden and Norway. Why and how? Well, you can't join NATO unless all the members say yes. And Turkey is holding a grudge against both countries for giving sanctuary to militants from Kurdistan, which it views as terrorists. 
Ay, ay, ay. This is as complicated as a sixth grade playground. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think you've about summed it up. Okay, and now we have a difficult story to report on. What's happening in Iran? That's right. First of all, do you know where Iran is? In the Middle East. Right, and why are we hearing about it a lot lately? Because there are dangerous protests against wearing the hijab. Which is? A headscarf, just for women to cover their heads. That's right. Now, some women like wearing it because they feel it's part of their Islamic tradition. But many others feel it's restrictive that only women should be made to cover their heads when out in public. And in some conservative countries like Iran, it's against the law not to wear it in public. And when you say law, that's set in stone there because Iran isn't a democracy, right? That's right. It's what's known as theocracy. That's a type of government in which the religious clerics rule in the name of God. There are also people called the morality police, which arrested that young woman a few weeks ago for not wearing her hijab properly. Right? That's right. Supposedly, her hair was coming free from the hijab, and she later died in police custody. And that's why people are protesting. Yes, and what's extraordinary, in non-democratic countries with authoritarian regimes, it's super dangerous to protest. Like people can get arrested and get hurt? Yes, and worse, Leela, human rights groups have said that at least 185 people have been killed in demonstrations there so far. But that's the extraordinary thing and why it's super important we do this story, because this could be a turning point in Iran. In the past, the police have scared previous generations into submission. Submission? Like submitting something? Well, yes, accepting someone else's power or control over you. But not this time. They're shouting, neither headscarf nor humiliation. And they seem unlikely to stop shouting anytime soon. I have a feeling we'll be doing this story a lot more. I think you're right, but let's hope it's some good news next time. At the age of 96, the Queen of the United Kingdom has died, and the country is in mourning. Queen Elizabeth II spent 70 years on the throne. Well, not literally sitting on the throne, but she was queen for over seven decades. She was the second longest serving monarch in the history of the world. She was queen so long that she worked with 15 prime ministers of Britain and met hundreds of other world leaders, including 13 U.S. presidents. Meowsers. But when you said she worked with 15 U.K. prime ministers, she didn't get to tell them what to do or anything, right? That's right. Like most royalty these days, the British royal family are really just symbolic. But she was a much-loved figurehead for the most part. Some say her real job was keeping Britain together. Yeah, tons of people are paying their respects to her. There's even been a National Day of Mourning declared, where kids get the day off of school and all. <laughs> yeah, but I'm curious what the mood in the UK is right now. Me too. Well, let's cut across to our UK correspondent, Jackson Hosking, to tell us more. Good idea. Hey, Jackson, thanks for joining us. I hear you get to take the day off school to honor the Queen. We sure do, Leela. 
This is all part of what's being called the period of national mourning for Queen Elizabeth II. How long does that last? Until her state funeral, which is Monday the 19th of September. Wow, that's 11 days of mourning. So is it really sad and somber in the UK right now? Well, it's not like everybody is walking around crying or dragging their feet in a somber way. But sure, some people who are really big royalists, as in they love the royal family, are shedding a few tears. Most people really loved her being the Queen, including me. You might have even seen the thousands of people leaving flowers outside the Queen's six palaces. And in Scotland, people packed out the streets to see her casket going from her favourite home, Balmoral Castle, where she died, to the Scottish capital of Edinburgh. The casket will be on display there and then in London for hundreds of thousands of people to pay their respects. So who will attend the state funeral? Do we know yet? I guess it's going to be a huge event. Oh yeah, I'm sure it will be, but the guest list hasn't been published yet. Though US President Joe Biden already said he'll attend. I'm sure most big world leaders will too. So Jackson, when I was in London this summer, I was seeing ER everywhere, as in Elizabeth Regina. Regina means reigning or ruling queen, right? That's right, and Rex is for king. Well, that royal symbol is everywhere. It's on the mail or post boxes, on gates and bollards outside official buildings, on documents even. It's all going to have to go, right? You said it, Leela. Not to mention all the money, coins and bills they'll have to change to CR, Charles Rex. Oh, wow, that'll be a massive undertaking. Tell me about it. But it will happen, gradually, and the old money will still be legal for a long, long time. Well, that's good. So when will her son, King Charles III, be crowned, as in his coronation? No date has been set yet, because of the planning required. Because yes, it will be full of British pomp and ceremony. But he's now officially the king, right? Yes, a couple of days ago, King Charles III was proclaimed the United Kingdom's monarch in an ancient ceremony. Prince Charles Philip Arthur George is now, by the death of our late sovereign of happy memory, become our only lawful and rightful liege lord, Charles III. I hear one of his first acts as monarch was to approve a national holiday on the day of the Queen's funeral. Meaning, you get to miss school! Indeed I do. So what will you be doing to mark the occasion, Jackson? Dressing up in your finest clothes with a bowl of popcorn? Sitting, or should I say standing to attention in front of the television? Or should I say telly? Yeah, right. How did you know, Leela? Three cheers for His Majesty the King! Hip hip! Hip hip! the sound of another baby being born, entering this world and populating our planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're noisy little things, though. Sure are. And just how many babies do you think are being born, on average, every minute of every day all over the world? Uh, 120. <laughs> Not bad, but uh-huh. wrong. According to the United Nations, 267 babies are born every minute. That's 385,000 babies a day. Yowza wowza, that's a lot of crying. Sure is, and it's a lot of mouths to feed too. 
Well, on Tuesday, Earth hit a monumental milestone, as in a marker of our planet's history. The world's population reached eight billion people. That's a lot of people. And 1.4 billion of them live right here in India. Sure do. A place the third of the size of America, by the way, but with four times the people. It's crowded here. Yep. Right now, China is the most populous country, but India is likely to surpass or go past that by the next year. You mean it's going to get more crowded? Uh huh. Not just us, but the whole planet. And get this: the United Nations say one billion of those people have been born just in the last twelve years, like you, Leela. But why these twelve years? Well, improvements in public health, nutrition, even personal hygiene and medicine mean people are living longer. The good news is those things also mean people, over time, begin to have fewer children. So. Get this. Also, some countries actually have a declining population rate. Oh, like、uh, Japan and Italy. Yes, we heard a lot about that during the pandemic, didn't we? But it's also happening in a lot of Eastern European countries too, according to the World Population Review. So even though the global population is reaching new highs, the growth rate is steadily falling. Phew. So you've maybe been hearing a lot of adults talk about China this week, or seen pictures or videos of people there protesting, and maybe been thinking, "What's the deal with the white paper?" Or why are some people holding up signs of math equations too? <laughs> or just what's the big deal about a few small protests anyway? Someone is always protesting about something somewhere in the world. Right. Let's start with that one first. You're right. People protest all the time in democracies.、Uh, what's a democracy again? Power of the people, a form of government where everyone gets a say, as in everyone gets a vote. And an authoritarian regime, on the other hand, is what? The opposite. Only the person at the top, like a dictator or a panel of rulers, has power. So people aren't free. Bingo. And do those authoritarian governments like it when people take to the streets? To voice their anger over how they're being ruled? No way. Well, just like the protests for women's freedom in Iran, which are still going on, lest we forget. That's also why protests in China are a big deal. Last time, people took to the streets in large numbers in the Chinese capital Beijing in Tiananmen Square. It was 1989. Troops armed with guns and tanks crushed the pro-democracy rally, killing hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. No one really knows for sure. So, like in Iran, these protesters are super brave. They are. How did it all start, anyway? Well, some say the Chinese people couldn't believe the pictures coming out of the World Cup. Where it's clear the pandemic is over and very few people are bothering to wear a mask, but in China they're still under tough COVID restrictions. What? They still have to wear masks? And where they go is restricted. But then, sadly, there was a fire in a high-rise apartment block in western China a few days ago, where some ten people died. It's thought they couldn't escape the blaze because of the COVID restrictions. Oh, though local authorities deny this. 
So, at candlelight vigils and memorials for the victims, many people came clutching a white sheet of paper. But why? Well, some say the white paper symbolizes their silent, blank voice. But others say it's a direct challenge to authority. By holding up a blank piece of paper, they say they surely can't be arrested because they are saying nothing. Whoa! So the white paper is like this big, silent but powerful message. Yep. But aren't there some people who have some mathematical equation on their paper? A few brave ones, yes. At Singua University, again, it's code, right? They can't come right out and say something outright. What's the formula mean? I mean, what's it code for? It's not what the equation means that's important. It's that it comes from a guy called Friedman. Okay. Go on, say his name slowly. Friedman. Oh, Freeman. Whoa, that's pretty cool. But I mean, I guess it's not cool that they just can't say what they want. No, it's not. Though there are some increasingly finding their voice. But the police are moving in to deter them, and the government is trying to take the words "protests," "white paper," and "freedmen" off social media. But this is a wait and watch situation. So far, world leaders are staying quiet, like with Iran. Yep. Yes, the biggest sporting event in the world has just kicked off. Well, after the Olympics. That's debatable. According to FIFA, the football federation, the last World Cup was watched by 3.6 billion people. That was half the world in 2018, and the World Cup, like the Olympics, happens once every four years. And、uh, doesn't it usually happen in summer? You're so right. Except this time, the Middle Eastern country of Qatar is hosting the competition, and well. It's a desert. They're playing football or soccer to our U.S. listeners in the desert. That's crazy. That's what many people felt a decade ago when Qatar won the bid. They had to build seven stadiums too. In fact, there were a lot of allegations of bribery and corruption at the time they got the bid. Well, no wonder they've had to hold off playing until November when it gets a little cooler, I guess. But wait, isn't it the middle of the professional football league? The European club season, yes, which most of the best players around the world play in. Hmm, that's going to be tiring. Yep, and sadly for Qatar, that's not the only bit of controversy. Uh oh. This event was supposed to be Qatar's big moment to enter the international arena as a major cultural and political player, but instead, it's getting a lot of attention for its abusive treatment of immigrants or migrant workers, which, by the way, make up 85% of the country. Would you believe? What? Do you mean for every 10 people, eight of them are immigrants? Most of them are there for work, and allegedly many are not treated very well. Plus, Qatar even decided at the last minute to ban the sale of beer from the matches, keeping in line with its Muslim conservative values. Despite the fact that many people like to go to a game and drink beer. Hmm. So lots of controversy. Oh, and most recently, the Iranian team. Boldly decided not to sing their national anthem in protest to the violent crackdown on protesters in their country. That's brave. 
true. Most recently, fans wearing rainbow shirts and hats representing LGBTQ pride were told to remove them, exposing the country's intolerance. Even more remarkably, the British Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC, chose not to air the tournament's opening ceremony. Well, I bet they'll change their tune if England starts playing well and makes it into the finals. <laughs> you got it. At the end of the day, sports will probably triumph as people will want to watch their teams play, regardless of the politics behind the matches. <laughs> us to the end of not just this episode and not just our holiday season specials looking back at the best of nature oddball and big news stories on newsy paloozy but also the end of a big year goodbye 2022 we'll see you next week or should i say next year when we're back with all the important and wacky news making headlines around the world all righty over and out for 2022